Hi, welcome to episode 593 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I was thinking about taking up the tuba, but am I too old for that? In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today it's Fantastic Four 601 from May 2012, Forever Part 5. By Jonathan Hickman and Steve Epting. So things look bleak. The Celestials are about to kill Reed and everyone else when Franklin and Valeria from the future show up. Nathaniel Richards says to himself, it worked. I think he had thought they had died. Well, we can't be that lucky. The two of them fly up right into one of the Celestial's faces. Franklin tells Valeria, Go ahead and get a good look. Figure it out. The Celestials are kind of freaked out because Franklin is like a super-powered mutant guy. They're like, Danger, 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 Will Robinson. Franklin does something. There's a bright flash of light, and the Celestials are gone. Back on the ground, adult Valeria and Franklin are reunited with Nathaniel, their grandfather, who doesn't seem that much older than they are. They hug each other, and they're chit-chatting some uh, nonsense about what happened. When they look over and they see the Fantastic Four, the young Franklin and Valeria, and for some inexplicable reason, Spider-Man. Why is he still here? I think I said this before, but... As a member of the Fantastic Four, the She-Thing brought more to the book than Spider-Man has. They explained to Reed that the Celestials were sent into the inner sphere of a local gas giant, which will only buy them some small amount of time. They'll be back. Older Franklin says to his dad, I've missed you, Dad. Oh, come on, don't lay some bullshit guilt trip on your dad. The young Franklin is right there. Reed has been a terrible father in many ways, but he's not an absentee father. Young Franklin says to his older self that it's weird that he's not in his head anymore, confirming that he was the white silhouetted guy that Franklin was talking to for a few issues. Soon, the three Celestials are back, and adult Franklin flies up to deal with them. Sue asks Nathaniel if Franklin can win, and he replies, honestly, no. Nathaniel says that he's seen this series of events play out over and over again in various different timelines. And the Celestials always win. But he keeps trying something slightly different every time. It's like this is Nathaniel's own personal Groundhog Day. He tells Reed, This is the day your sins catch up to you. Reed's sins? What does he have to do with this big three Celestials? Now if this was Galactus, a genocidal monster whose life has been saved by Reed eating Earth, now that would be Reed's sins catching up to him. I don't see the connection between Reed and these three, three big boring robots. As Franklin continues to fight the robots, Nathaniel explains that this all began the day that Reed walked through that bridge and met with the Council of Reed Richards's, and their work in reshaping the universe 
woke up a team of Celestials who always destroyed the council in every timeline. I don't know why you want to blame that on Reed Prime. Next, Nathaniel goes on to mention, as we see Galactus seemingly dead on the ground, that Galactus, throughout time, has had many heralds. But Franklin has had only one. To me, my Galactus, Franklin commands. And so what? So Galactus is now the herald of Franklin? Well, this is the craziest thing since Franklin teamed up with Aunt May to save the world from Galactus by giving him Twinkies. So of course, everyone is surprised that Franklin can do this. Nathaniel goes on to explain what makes Reed Prime different from the other Reeds by not joining the Council of Reeds and not abandoning his family. He did something that the rest of the Reed Richardses could not do, which is to create a Franklin Richards. Which is kind of stupid because Franklin Richards was created a long time before Reed Prime ever heard of the Council of Reeds. Whether he joined them or not would have no effect on the fact that Franklin does exist. Nathaniel goes on to say that Franklin exists so he can sacrifice himself so that everyone else might live. And as Franklin fights the Celestials, there's a bright light. And for a moment, we're led to believe that adult Franklin is dead, along with the Celestials. And we have a little montage of characters looking up to the sky. The Avengers, the Light Brigade, the Future Foundation kids, Crystal and her boyfriend, Ronan, the Accuser, who must be a very jealous boyfriend, always making those accusations. And we see Kristoff, and then finally Galactus, who opens his hand, and out comes, still alive, the adult Franklin. And the issue ends with an epilogue, which recalls an earlier scene with Reed and his dad. But in this scene, it's the young Franklin who's up on a roof, and Reed is trying to get his son to jump. See? That's a bad father. Franklin is nervous, but eventually, he does jump, and he flies. Ah, so he's got the power to fly now. Is this a power that finally sticks? Will he be flying around for the final three years of Fantastic Four comics? Uh, I don't think so. We'll see. And that is the end of the issue. Time for a short look at our spinoff book. Hi, welcome to episode 593, part 2. It's FF16 from May 2012. One Step Beyond by Jonathan Hickman and Neil Dragota. So we pick up right after the, de the defeat of the Celestials, and young, young Franklin is very excited to see what the older Franklin did, saying, I've never told anyone about this before, but I've always wanted my own Galactus. Isn't that the dream of every child, to have their own genocidal monster? 
Now the tables have turned and super smart Valeria is getting left in the dust by her brother who's getting all the attention and you won't see any complaints from me. Ben mentions that he can't wait to get home and get into his own bed. But then he remembers the Baxter building was destroyed along with a large portion of New York City. Back up in space, adult Franklin is having a moment with Galactus, who is so glad to know that he's not going to be alone anymore. He has a man to spend the rest of his long, long life with. I, I dreaded, 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 feared, feared the return, the return of, solitude, of solitude, of, of being, being alone, alone forever. forever. I, I never, never imagined, imagined this, this is, is what, what you, you could, could become. become. I never imagined this is what Galactus could become. A guy who listens to Eric Carmen at night and cries himself to sleep. Can you believe this song is 7 minutes and 15 seconds long? Holy crap, I never knew that. Okay, let's get back to the story. Um, Franklin tells him, uh, Galactus, he has to wait a little longer. He's got to go back to the future and let little Franklin grow up first. He adds, be thankful that you never ate the Earth. You know, if Galactus wasn't always out there committing genocide, he might not be so lonely. Next, we see all the heroes of New York, except Moon Knight, of course, that lazy bastard, cleaning up the city and sending the junk into the negative zone. And then Reed has some magic device that transports that transports the top three floors of the Baxter building back to the top of the building, and all the pieces fly together, and the building is restored, good as new. How is that a thing? What kind of scientific invention does Reed have that does that? That's just friggin' magic there. Of course now, Reed even points out the inside of the building looks completely different. I don't know why he has to point that out. It always looks completely different. Reed says that everyone has their own personalized quarters now. Reed also has updated the Future Foundation uniforms everyone is wearing. The kids all get their own numbers on their uniforms, I guess based on how important Reed considers them to be. For example, Franklin has a number five on his uniform. Valeria is number six. She is not a number. She's a free girl. Bentley is excited to have number 13. I guess that makes him Reed's least favorite. Reed says to the kids they need to resume their classes. And Reed has them all float up into space. I don't know how they do that. To their new space station. Next, Spider-Man and Johnny Storm have a weird conversation about becoming roommates. Where did that come from? Later, Reed and Sue have a scene where they scold their daughter for being a lying weasel this entire time, and she promises no more secrets. Yeah, right. Next, we see Doctor Doom trapped in that dimension, the bridge, where the evil Reeds used to meet, and he finds, just sitting around, one of the Infinity Gauntlets. Well, that's going to be a problem. Soon, a bunch of dudes wearing Doctor Doom masks, they might be the other Dooms from the other dimensions, I think, they all chant, Doom, 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 and they bow down before our Doctor Doom. Here, I can build. 
Doom concludes as the issue comes to an end. And that's all for this episode. Bringing to an end what has been a very long, drawn-out story. I'm very excited to see something new after this. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff, or you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. <laughs>